Welcome to Mormon Land, the Salt Lake Tribune's podcast about LDS teachings and culture. I'm Jennifer Napier-Pierce. I'm the editor of the Salt Lake Tribune, sitting in for Dave Noyce, who is on a very much-deserved vacation. But our intrepid senior religion reporter, Peggy Fletcher-Stack, is with me. And Peggy, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Jen. This weekend, an extraordinary conference will take place in New York City, the Mormon Arts Center Festival. And joining us to talk about the lectures, performances, and highlights is Richard Bushman. He is Emeritus History Professor at Columbia University and one of the festival's organizers. Professor Bushman, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks. Delighted to be here. You are best known as the biographer of Mormon Church founder Joseph Smith, and your scholarship really has centered on American religious history. So what's the connection? How did you get involved organizing an arts festival? Well, it's uh, kind of a strange story. I've been uh, working on um, uh, raising funds for Mormon studies chairs at Claremont, Graduate University, and University of Virginia, and after that was over, I um, we completed two drives. I was talking to a friend who had been part of the uh, undertaking, and he said, "Well, we do next." He said, "You ought to think big. What if you had fifty million dollars? What would you do with it?" So um, we had these off and on conversations, and finally decided that uh, the next frontier is art. We need to do more with the arts in. Uh, by Mormons, all kinds of arts, painting and music, poetry, visual arts, all kinds. Is is that $50 million? Was that a random number that you just threw out there? <laughs> That's a large sum. <laughs> I thought he may have new things I didn't know about sources <laughs> of funds, but it, uh, it turned out it was, it was just a fabrication for the purpose of prompting our imagination. Got it. Okay, great. So what did you do? You decided to do something in the arts? Then what? Well, uh, I knew immediately it would work because of uh, a figure who's been in New York for many years, over 30 years, Glenn Nelson, who was the founder of the Mormon Artist Group. And I knew Glenn knew artists of all kinds all over the world. He had sponsored a number of projects. So the first thing I did was sit down with him and said, um, what would you think establishing a Mormon Arts Center? He um, rose rose to it, and so we got started immediately. So how do the two of you define Mormon art? Is it something by a Mormon, about Mormonism? Does it have to be religious, cultural? How do you, how do you define that? Well, um, we define it very broadly. And there are various ways of doing it, but we say art that's uh, for Mormons, about Mormons, or by Mormons. So Harry Anderson, who was Seventh-day Adventist, but did a lot of painting that the churches used, we would include in our purview. And, um, so we, we reach as far as we can, include everyone we can. Who has been touched by Mormon culture is what I'm saying. If they've somehow come under the influence of Mormon culture and are responding to it in some way, uh, and we are willing to include them in our group. But it doesn't have to be Mormon-approved, right? It doesn't have to be ch- church, uh, meet church standards, I guess? 
Well, no. We we are interested in what's being done uh, rather than um, uh, producing art for some specific purpose, for not even for devotion. Their devotional arts are a big part of Mormon art, but uh, some artists are just trying to express their deepest feelings, and uh, we're willing to accept that. So you started last year with a festival around this time, and how was that received, and what was that like? Well, we had the festival at Riverside Church, which is um, a beautiful church built by the Rockfellers um, in the 30s. It has big spaces, beautiful spaces. And uh, we uh, had an, uh, an art show that was curated by Lara Hurtado, who is the uh, curator of global Mormon art at the Church History Museum. So we started there. We had a symposium. Uh, assembled people who think about um, Mormondom and uh, think about our culture to uh, spend a day reflecting on um, what is the role of art in our lives. And then we had performances of uh, various kinds. Uh, we had a, a wonderful uh, concert of uh, quartets, string quartets, by uh, Mormon composers and uh, a variety of other things uh, here and there during the day. Went for three days in um, in New York uh, in July, in June 2017. And so did the church endorse that? Well, we didn't, uh, we didn't seek church endorsement. Um, we spoke to all our local leaders um, from um, our state president and our area authority and um, told church public affairs what we we're doing. So we wanted them to know what we were up to uh, and that we felt this would be useful to Mormonism, present a new face for Mormonism. I mean, we're known for our families, we're known for our football teams. Mm -hmm. um, why not be known for our art? And we think there's enough really good work being done that uh, we should be known this way. And everywhere we went, we got uh, approval. Not endorsement, but uh, approval. Did any non-Mormons uh, pay attention? Did it get any publicity in New York or anything? It didn't. I wrote to uh, Laurie Goodstein, who's written a lot on Mormons for the New York Times, told her Mormonism is trying to present itself in a new way. And she says that's very interesting, but, um, but nothing happened. But this year, we are presenting a concert in Carnegie Hall, 100 Years of Mormon Music. Scott Holden playing Mormon piano music by Mormon composers. And the music editor of the New York Times, Anthony Tomasini, is going to be in the audience. So little by little, we may reach a, um, sort of a larger group of possible observers and critics. That, that Carnegie Hall performance is going to... It's obviously going to be a highlight. What else is exciting to you about the lineup uh, of this year's festival? Well, it is exciting uh, because what we're learning, and this is thanks largely to Glenn Nelson, is we have a far richer artistic tradition than we ever guessed. There's a lot of um, music, for example, 
uh, Glenn has found, uh, compiled an archive of 1,600 Mormon composers, wow. 100 of whom uh, have PhDs in, in music. Uh, a lot of their work has been lost, and uh, it will be brought forward. Scott Holden, who is a superb musician and um, pianist, uh, was amazed at all the things he found. And so we hope to bring all that forward. And the same is true for all of our arts. We want to make them more better known to, to uh, Mormon people. Mm. As I mentioned earlier, you're a historian by trade. And, and Mormons have really celebrated and participated in artistic expression since the beginnings of the religion. Why is this such a core value of the faith? Does it have a scriptural basis, or what is it? Well, I suppose you could, you could find scriptures, but uh, I think that the arts are expressive, and there's a Mormon tradition of being expressive. It's, uh, you see it in uh, our testimonies. We're all encouraged to search our hearts and report what we find there and speak candidly to our brothers and sisters. And uh, that's what artists are doing. They're sort of exploring their hearts and uh, trying to tell us what's there. And it's not always pleasant. Just like our own lives uh, turn up some things that aren't so uh, beautiful or happy. But uh, we're expressive of whatever's there. Mm. And the arts, I think, are a natural form for us. So, Richard, you're leading a panel about what every Latter-day Saint should know about Mormon art. What should they know about Mormon art? (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to say on that panel? I'm I'm glad that your curiosity is piqued, because that was the point of the title. (laughs) We've... um, we realized that we need to find ways to give people access to their traditions. So we, we have a committee that's um, working on uh, teaching Mormon arts in colleges and universities. It's in Utah, uh, headed by a faculty member at UVU and involving other faculty members. And we hope that they will bring forward a report that will tell us how we can do it, what we, we can do to encourage the teaching of Mormon arts in our colleges. But we wanted to sort of get people ready for that. And one way is to know what is our art? What, if, if you were going to recommend a novel, where would I begin with, a, with Mormon fiction? And so we asked uh, four people who are immersed in the arts themselves in various ways to tell us one, one story about a Mormon artist that is inspiring. You know, think of Minerva Tykert's story, how inspiring they are. They should be part of our common knowledge, like in-card companies or all sorts of stories of pioneers or faithful Latter-day Saints. And in addition to a story, um, a list of their favorite works in Mormon arts. So they're going to talk about it, and then we'll distribute a list of these things to people who are in the audience so they can sample Mormon art, get them going. So some of the panels and presentations seem a tad academic. 
and maybe a little bit. That's not a bad thing, Peggy. Come on. A little bit elitist, maybe. And I'm just wondering how regular Mormons in the pews might respond to some of the suggested works or, you know, that it might appeal to art critics or, or like you say, PhDs in music, but not the average member. How do you, how do you bridge that? Well, our aim is to present the work Mormon artists are doing. And this is what their brothers and sisters are up to. And um, some of it is going to be popular work. Uh, we're going to have a session on animation. Uh, Mormons are very um, much involved in the movie industry and producing animation, and that is a very uh, broad appeal. Uh, we're having another session on setting Mormon hymns in a new way to make them sound more modern and to communicate better with the younger generation. Um, but we also want to address ser- serious questions, such as uh, art as a form of spiritual inquiry. So we're having a panel of people talking about that. So we are just trying to reflect what's there in our, in our culture. Well, I, I guess I want to take it one step further. You're in New York City, this cultural capital. Um, Mormons primarily are based in Utah. Why should Mormons who live in Utah even care about this remotely? Well, um, probably many of them won't care about it remotely. <laughs> but, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> but um, Mormons don't just live in Utah. They go out into the world. We're always, we go to the four corners of the earth trying to tell people who we are and what we are. And uh, so our mission is not to Utah. Our mission is to speak to a wider audience. And uh, we feel like basing things in New York will make our artists think, how can I speak to a larger audience? Not just internal speak, not just for the saints here but for people everywhere. I think there are a lot of our artists who yearn to do that, and we hope to make it easier for them. You seem to be channeling the new LDS Church president, Russell M. Nelson, who has been a globetrotter. He's gone around the world, uh, just announced a new hymn book with hymns from all all over the world. Um, So uh, I I guess you are also in this festival trying to reflect the global nature of the faith? Well, very much. Um, We've discovered this uh, African artist from Angola, Hildebrando de Melo, who has converted the church in Portugal, where he grew up, and um, paints there, um, and paints about God. That's what he says. He's talking about the spiritual forces in the universe. So... um, we brought him to New York for a couple of weeks. He painted a show for us. At this very minute, it's being hung in the Italian Academy, and uh, he'll be there to talk to us about what he's trying to do. Uh, he, uh, We also have a podcast, and Hildebrando was the speaker at, um, our, at a recent podcast, which can be found on our website. So... Uh, and there, last year we had someone from Argentina. We have a composer from um, Paris and China. And um, 
so um, yeah, that's we're trying to explore worldwide to find uh, the treasures of our our art tradition. So interesting. Are you also trying to improve the quality of Mormon art? Is that part of the mission of the festival to to get make, well, it, make it better? Yeah, it sounds um, a little pretentious to say we're going to help artists be better, <laughs> but. Um, I had lunch today with uh, Kirk Richards, who said he bought a house in Massachusetts for the very purpose of painting in an area where he was outside the Mormon sphere, and because he wanted to find a way to speak to a larger audience. And we want to facilitate that impulse. Um, I think it's natural for Mormons to speak more widely, and I think artists, hope, many of them, that they can reach a wider group. So, so you do you have contributions for the new hymn book? <laughs> None have been presented, but uh, I'm currently sitting in my li- living room, and this morning there's rehearsal of hymns with new settings, familiar words, but set to sort of hip-hop and jazzy and R&B music. Uh, this was done by my uh, daughter-in-law, Harriet Patrick uh, Bushman, who uh, is based in London in Kuwait. And she did this for the London teenagers, and uh, they loved it. And so it's an, whether or not it'll ever make a hymn book, that's uh, another question. <laughs> I would love to attend that meeting, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so while we have you uh, here, Richard, we... You know, I can't help but ask you as a historian, what do you think about this particular Mormon moment? I mean, obviously we've had these political Mormon moments with Romney, etc., but what's your take on contemporary Mormonism and particularly President Nelson? Some things have been happening lately. Yeah. Well, um, every one of our presidents has brought something new. I mean, we believe they're all inspired and guided, but they're inspired in their own way, with their own idiom. And uh, he seems to be quite anxious to uh, speak out and and change things. Uh, I have no idea how he feels about the arts, but uh, my guess is that uh, he would like to know more about how they could um, be useful in the church. So it remains to be seen what he has to say. I think he comes uh, to his position at a moment of candor to the church like we've never had before. We've talked about transparency, and that usually refers to speaking freely of our history and the ups and downs and the bad and the good uh, in our past. But candor means to me we talk about our real problems. I remember 10 years ago walking into a meeting where they were actually talking about pornography. And I thought, gee, God, <laughs> talking about pornography in church. But now, you know, we talk about depression. We talk uh, about suicide. We talk about what you do when your husband is unfaithful to you. And LDS Living is a good a good um, monitor of that. And uh, in a way, it's a marvelous advance because it means we deal with our life problems, the real difficulties that um, 
process about and make life miserable for us. And of course, that's what the gospel is about, uh, healing wounds and caring for people who are suffering. So I think that's the context. And uh, I don't know how President Nelson will respond to it all, but uh, my guess is that he will find ways. Is is this moment of candor? I mean, I, I'm assuming it was precipitated primarily by technology and <laughs> the inescapable things that you can find out on your own. But um, do you think it will continue? Uh, is it a matter of leadership or is it a matter of the larger society that we find ourselves in? I think, um, I think the leadership reflected it. But I think this was a felt need among our own people. And it's just like when we, we came into the era of transparency because the historians just thrust this material under our nose. I don't think it was just the Internet. Um, Mormon historians have been talking candidly about our history for 40 or 50 years. And uh, so it's, I think our people have such a great need to talk about their real problems that it was going to happen one way or another. And we'll see what uh, the president has to do with it. Right. Um, what's, in the final analysis, what are you hoping the takeaway is from a weekend of immersion in artistic expression with a Mormon twist? Well, I hope um, my true aim in this is to make art a subject of conversation, that people will make art a uh, part of their understanding of their lives, like we do with history or like we do with psychology, that um, they will be interested when new Mormon artists appear, that they'll puzzle about art, what in the world does he think he's doing, uh, ask questions, that it will turn up in our seminaries and in institute classes, and it will just be part of our conversation, and that it will instruct us. It probably won't instruct us in giving us uh, new information, but it will instruct us in giving us new questions. It will make us think more deeply about who we are and what we believe. So I'm hoping that is, um, this overall Mormon arts movement will have those good effects. That's a very optimistic tone. <laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful, but uh, art is provocative by its nature. And so you're, you're sort of going against what uh, an institution known for its conformity stands for, right? Well, that's true, and it takes uh, you know a very simple form. And can you show nude human figures? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's been an issue already, down in Provo that you've reported, Peggy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's already come up uh, this very year. We've had to make some decisions about that, and uh, we want to be cautious because we don't want to offend people, but we think, in the spirit of candor, that this should be discussed. Should the human figure be portrayed in art? And the question is, can a good Mormon 
go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and walk through those rooms? Or is that like an R-rated movie? <laughs> because they're going to find the human figure unclothed everywhere. <laughs> but also the yeah, question, we, isn't also the question of a temple art or religious art, right. um, depictions of deity, depictions of Jesus, uh, biblical scenes where everyone has blue eyes, even though they live in the Middle East, um, those are those are sort of in some ways theological questions, aren't they? Well, they are, and what I'm instead of seeing these as restraints or errors or lacks, I like to see them as problems that have to be discussed, so that we bring it right out in the open and say why what is it why is it that all of our figures look like they migrated from Sweden. <laughs> right. And so we've got to, um, we just got to talk about those things. And that's why I like this moment. I think Mormon art should come forth in this moment because I think we're prepared to handle discussions that uh, we weren't before. Maybe not in Sunday school class. I'm not saying we should vile Sunday school classes up. They have other purposes. But certainly at the art center, we, we want to talk these things through. Well, it sounds like a wonderful weekend. Professor Bushman, thank you so much for spending some time with us and, and sharing a little bit more about this event. Well, I appreciate your having me, and uh, I hope you'll all consider coming to the festival some year. Uh, uh, I would love it. <laughs> Richard Bushman, he is the Gouverneur Morris Professor of History Emeritus at Columbia University and organizer of the Mormon Arts Center Festival. More information online, Mormon artscenter.org and we're going to put a link on that uh, as well as to lots of Peggy's stories she's done a full uh, host of, of reporting on the festival as well as the arts in the Mormon tradition Peggy thanks a lot always a pleasure our producer is Sarah Weber and we'd love to get your feedback let us know what you think about the podcast uh, or any issues that you want to hear more of you can sign up for our weekly Mormon land newsletter and all that of course is at sltrib.com I'm Jennifer Napier Pierce thanks so much for tuning into Mormon land until next time <laughs>